podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, I'm the type of guy who will never settle down. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Footballing Podcast after extra time with a lot of tosh that's usually said by a Millwall fan and a Leicester fan and occasionally a Derby fan. But we've got a special guest Wickham fan on tonight, so no real change. Um, I am your host, Jacko. With me as always is the diva himself, Mr Green. How are we? I'm very well, Jack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and with us tonight is the Wickham fan, Steve. How are you, mate? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very good, thanks. How did we get on with our football this weekend? I know Greeny's is not gone well. Don't think yours got on too badly, did it, Steve? <laughs> or am I missing things? No, mine was even worse. Is it Brentford it kind of you played yesterday? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was Brentford, <laughs> a very strong Brentford team. Um, uh, we've we've always um, struggled against yeah. the big teams in the championship, and yeah, we, we, towards the end, a couple the referee was shocking, and then towards the end, our heads just dropped and capitulated well, from I'm, there on. I'm going to start with you, Steve. Um, we'll come to the Premier League because no one really cares about the Premier League. Um, we'll come, come to you first. What have you made of Wickham's season in the Championship this year? Ah, uh, well. The thing is, when we first went up in the first place, we never really expected to set the league alight. Um, Ainsworth, as he, when he first took over from us at the bottom of League Two and his journey with us throughout the Football League, has always been to surpass the season before and just survive. He, he never goes into a league campaign and think, right, my target is promotion, my target is top six. He just mm. wants to survive each season. So... You know, last season we surpassed expectations and we got out of a league that we yeah. never even thought we'd get out of, you know, in our wildest dreams. So this season was always going to be about just staying above that relegation line. And even that in itself mm. is an absolute tall order. Um, in in terms of he operates on a shoestring budget, he operates really well within the loan market, you know. So and I think his recruitment this year has been one of the best I've ever seen. Um, as a Wickham in all my years as a Wickham fan, so uh, it's, it's it's always going to be a tall order. Um, so so far, some teams who are in the relegation zone at the minute, they, you know your uh, your Sheffield Wednesdays or your Derbies, you know they're going to be upset because of the, mm. the the budget they have at their disposal. But I'm I'm not giving up hope just yet. You know we've we've already proved we can pick up some wins in this division. So it's all about the long game. So we'll see. You know, theoretically. At the moment, you've, you've obviously got, still got two games in hand over Forest. Uh, you're currently 11 points behind. Can you see Ainsworth staying past this season? And do you think if he does and you are ultimately relegated, that next season is going to be a lot more pressure on him to try and get back up there? Or is it a case of we'll just see how we go um, and if we get playoffs or promotion, then it's been a brilliant season? 
It's a good, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, because a lot of my friends have asked me, you know, because Wickham are doing so bad, will he get the sack if they get relegated? You know, if they have the worst points tally in the history of the championship? No, we have, because of what he's done with us over the amount of years, I've always compared Ainsworth at Wickham to what Eddie Howe did with Bournemouth. We have very huge loyalty to Mm. Ainsworth and what he's committed to the club. So I think even if we got relegated next season and even if we didn't come back the season after, he still wouldn't get sacked because of what the job he's done on the budget that he has. I think the only way Ainsworth would ever get sacked by Wickham is if we ended up over the next couple of years going back down to League Two and possibly even further down. That's the only way I can see that happening. But uh, no, uh, other than that, I can see him staying for it. Well, what have you made as we know, Steve? Sorry, Jack, I was just going to say, as you know, Lampard got the sack and he's a club legend. <laughs> Obviously, uh, Ainsworth's a club legend, but you can never say never, mate, on that regards. Is that how you see it as well? Like, he's a club legend and not going to sack him? <laughs> um, No, I, I can't, because... We've got these new American owners that we brought in a couple of years ago. And ever since um, they've joined us and what they've done with the club, they've got to know Gareth and they they back him 100%. You know, when you've got someone like Abramovich at Chelsea, it's very different because Abramovich expects results. He is very ruthless. He's proved, you know, that he's sacked managers that have won Champions Leagues, you know, like Di Matteo and stuff. But um, our our owners are a lot different in the sense that they know Ainsworth, they know what he means to the club, he knows what you know what the club means to him as well on the same in the same aspect. So I no, I just I feel like we're too loyal to him and I think the like I said to Jacko, the only way I can see him getting sacked is is if we ever go further further down in the football league. Um, so yeah, yeah, Steve, sorry, I was just gonna ask what do you make of the championship as a whole since it came back from uh, the lockdown after last year. Do you do you feel that it's a different competition now to than what it was with the fans there, or do you think it's starting to get some form of normality, but occasionally there'll be a few surprise results along the way? Uh, the championship is a weird one because I've always, ever since I, because I'm a football league, I like I like I think there's two sets of fans mm. in the country. You have got Premier League fans and you have got your football league fans. And when you're a football league fan, you know, you follow, you know, all three divisions and you see like yeah. what goes across like Championship League One, League Two. When every time I've looked at the championship every season, no matter what league Wickham's been in, it is one of the most difficult divisions, I think, mm. to compete in because you have the people that have dropped out from the Premier League and have that Premier League money, those Premier League squads. So you've got your Watford, your Bournemouth, and then you've got the lads that have come up from League One. So, yeah. you know, like when Burton got up there once. And it's such a it's such a weird one because yeah, yeah. anything can happen in the championship. It's so cliche, but it's so true. Like if you go and if you go and you know, when you're putting on your accumulator at the weekend and you've got your your League One games and your League Two games, you can always tell, you know, who's gonna win in those games and who's gonna, you know, get tanked. But in the championship, it's so you, you like you just don't know what's gonna happen, you know. Like, yeah, it's just a really unpredictable league. It's one of the most difficult to get out of, in my opinion. Even the top end ones, like you know, like your Leeds and your mm. Derby last um, last season. You know, like they've they've proved that you know, like you can be so close, you can be so far. You know, it's just it's a really unpredictable league, and 
which is why I still to this day have hope that you know there, there, there is that possibility that um, we can stay up. We're going to move on to the Premier League now, just to appease Greeny. Um, but we'll start <laughs> with today's result at King Power, because uh, oh, oh, well, I'll, so I'll go to you, Greeny. Were you surprised mm. by that result today? Yeah, I was surprised. I'm not going to lie, mate. Um, we were, what was he? Seven, eight games unbeaten. Yeah. Felt a lead side, but weren't in great form coming to us. Great draw against Everton. I just thought, you know what? Leeds, Leeds ain't got, I wouldn't say ain't got hope, but Leeds are not going to come out with three points out of this game. Mm. Um, before the game, I would have took a point and carried the unbeaten run, but there we go, mate. The run's ended, but we're still in the top four. So, do you, there we go. Do you feel that Vardy, I know it's a stupid question, but do you feel that Vardy is such a big miss for that side? And do you feel that Leicester have got adequate cover for while he's injured? Or do you think it's a case of we've just got to try and get whatever points we can until he gets back and hopefully we can start winning again? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, well, I'll put, put a bit of stats for you. The last 19 goals Leicester has scored, Vardy hasn't, been, hasn't scored in any of them. No, oh, OK. Um, so that might tell you a little bit. So it's not like... We, yes, we do rely on Vardy, but... We've got enough players there, mate, with enough quality where we can cope without Vardy, if that makes sense. So, I mean, some Leicester fans on Leicester Fan TV were going on, oh, we need strikers. Do we really need to pay out money for a striker? When you've got Perez there, mate, who just hasn't had enough game time and he's proved he can score. He's done it with Newcastle, 20-plus goals. And Iacho, again, proved it in Man City. Hasn't proved nothing at Leicester because he's never got the time to prove it. Mm. And, and who do Leicester fans? Some of them are deluded, mate, because I don't know who they think they're going to get. We're not Chelsea. We're not, you know, we're not Man City. We're not Liverpool. There's not anyone really else who you can go out and get, and especially like for like for Vardy, mm. mate. There's not a lot of pace in the Premier League with the same pace as Vardy, yeah. who will bang you the same amount of goals as Vardy. So I think it's just a case of, mate, we use what we've got and we use it, use take full advantage of Perez and put him straight up top and use his pace. Yeah. Steve, coming to you. Would you would you see a change in the way yeah. Leicester play? From what you've seen anyway, would you see potentially a change of how Leicester play when Vardy does go? Um, because obviously Leicester have been, at um, times, up until sort of, you know, last sort of 18 months when Rodgers came in, it was a case of pump it over the top for Vardy to run on to and, and go from there. Do you think that that's been slowly adapted to Leicester's style of play to sort of exclude Vardy a bit? Or do you think there's going to be a bit of a hiccup period? I've, I've I've always seen Leicester ever since the title winning season. Well, from the start the start of the title mm. winning season to present day, exactly how you said it: the pump yeah. over the top for Vardy to chase on. And whenever Vardy isn't in the team, or whenever Vardy gets injured, you find out that there's nothing really coming from their front line. You know, but the, the source ends up coming from you know your Madisons, your yeah. Barnes, you know your your wingers. Down the middle is is always the problem they have because I feel like the likes of Ian Acho, the likes of and then I'm going back in you know further back now the likes of Slimani and um, oh who was, the other, who was the other one they had Ujoa um, jo- yeah. Okazaki you know these players can't play that sort of that sort of football and I feel like that's part of Leicester's DNA you know every every team has their own sort of DNA of how they play football you know your Arsenal you know they play it round you know, and all that sort of stuff. Leicester's was always counter-attacking, you know, 
like pure speed football. So when Vardy is very key to that, and without him, it kind of breaks down a little bit. So I like 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 Greeny said, you know, I, I don't know who you could get to to replace him in that sort of way. Well, not replace him, but to as adequate backup. Yeah. Uh, Greeny, I'll, I'll ask you the same sort of question. Mm. Do you feel mm. it's a case of trying to change it or do you feel that it would be better, as, as Steve mentioned, that they, they keep with that DNA after Vardy's gone and sort of, I don't know, just sort of, you know, sort of bodge their way to a striker that could sort of emulate Vardy Um, don't change it until you have to change it is, is what I say mate but the thing is again you're not going to find another Vardy and I always say you need a plan B no matter what team you are you need a plan B so and we haven't got a plan B so this is my this is why I think you need to start changing it somehow I think Rogers would be the man to slightly change it I mean he has changed it since he's come in with more possession football I mean that come from Claude Powell from the start bringing in more possession football, but we just didn't know what to do with it, mate. We kept the ball, but we just didn't know what to do. We were just moving it side mm. to side and we weren't getting anywhere. If you're going to play possession football, you've got to open up these little gates and, you know, and feed players in, which we seem to struggle a bit. Like you say, unless we've got Vardy, yeah. we seem to have the confidence, mate, to slide the ball through, through the mm. middle. Um, other than that, we're like, again, we're relying on the Madisons and the uh, Barnes and the Unders. But, yeah, you've always got to have a plan B, mate. And, uh, I mean, everyone's talking, let's bring Danny Ings in. He'll be a great signing. But would he leave Southampton to come Leicester, really? I don't think so. I think it's got to be someone bigger again, a Liverpool, Man City, or even a Chelsea. Could you see that happening, Steve? (sighs) Danny Ings would be a fantastic signing. I know they said something about... Um, Danny Ings wanting to go to a mm. Champions League team next. And if I feel like if Leicester can secure that top four spot this season, yeah. why not go for him? Because he's already proved this season, you know, how how good he is and how consistent he can be, you know. I'm, um, so, yeah, why not? I mean, it'll be a big price tag with the with, mm. him, with him being English. Um, so, but, you know, Leicester, Leicester fans have to start thinking about life after Vardy. And I think, you know, Danny Ings is, he's, he's, he's getting on a bit now as well. So, you know, how, how do you find someone young who could, who could, you know, fill Vardy's boots? But Ings would certainly do um, a job. We'll just move quickly on to Leeds. Um, this is to you, Steve. Greeny's discussed at times over the last sort of few shows that he could see them doing a Sheffield United and, and potentially go back down. From what you've seen of Leeds this year, could you see that happening? Or do you think that if Bielsa keeps the squad and the way that they play, that they'll they'll be a sort of mid-table team for the next couple of years? Um, it's very interesting because I don't want to go down the same route as every pundit has in the country that has said, you know, Bielsa plays this very yeah. exciting football to watch. The way the way he plays his team is he build he builds them out to be like monsters and runs them into the ground nearly every match. Now I don't know if he has the squad depth to to carry that on. I mean, I, some the way I've seen them this season is they they kind of had first season syndrome where they come up and they have the adrenaline of coming up and they perform really well and next season could be disastrous and. They could go back down again. I, I really don't know. But they, what I do know about Leeds is that they are, 
they're built yeah. like fitness psychos um and they play they play really hard like when i watched the game against uh, leicester today like greeny was saying how leicester were trying to play like possession football you can't mm. do that against teams like leeds um because they'll just press you yeah. till till you can't go anywhere so uh, in terms of league prediction for them this season I feel like they'll finish, you know, around about 13th or 14th, have a mediocre season. And then it's all about how they, how Bielsa yeah. buys in the summer. And then, you know, I'll be able to know where they go. Could you there. see a lot of that changing, Steve, with some of the players? Because obviously one of the questions that I had about these was, would they be able to maintain a, a decent level of football with some of the players that they had from the championship last year? Um, could you see that he... He chops a lot out of that from what he's had over the last couple of years, or will he? Do you think that because they're sort of built into the system now, they know what it takes, that they're prepared to sort of try and push to that next level? Um, yeah, I mean, I remember um, Laura Wood said at the end of the game uh, on Sky, she said that all the players that were remaining on the pitch after the full-time whistle were all players that played in the championship under Bielsa, which I thought was really interesting because they finished that game really strong leads. Um, And the players that he's brought in, you know, your Rafinha's, your Rodrigo's, they haven't really set the Premier League alight, uh, but it's still the championship players that are, you know, that have bought into Bielsa's process that that are working hard for him. So, it it all depends on yeah. the recruitment, I think. Okay, um, well, we'll, so, yeah. we'll move on to um, the other games from today. Uh, one that's just come in as a full-time result was uh, Liverpool beating West Ham 3-1. Cam Greeny, can you see that as a chance for Liverpool to catch up with Man City? Or because Man City have got that game in hand, do you think that they're... They're close to being out of the title race. Um, I wouldn't rule them out yet. Um, obviously, Man City have got Liverpool next, in, yeah. I think. Is it? No, they, um, sorry, they've got yeah, Liverpool yeah, yeah. Sunday because they've got Burnley on the third. Um, so, I reckon it'll boil down to that. I feel like a six-point yeah. a game. Now, if Liverpool can go and win it, the Prem's wide open, mate, because it means Man United if they mm. win their game, they'll be up there. Leicester will still be in the hunt. It'll be a very interesting Premier League, but I reckon if Man City go out and do Liverpool, you probably would start writing. I oh, know it's a bit early, but you'd probably start engraving the uh, Man City name in the Premier yeah. League again. Um, Steve, what do you think? Do you think Liverpool have got a chance, or do you think it's sort of slowly ebbed away a little bit? I've, I have um followed footballs you know since I was like you know six seven years old properly and this has to be one of the most wide open title races I've seen I think there's about six teams that in my opinion are still (laughs) within the fight like I know Man City are top at the minute and I think they've I believe they've got a game in hand over Man United as well um but (sighs) anything can happen You, you 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 look at Liverpool um last season and you know most of the apart from the Watford game, obviously, that they lost, you know, you, they went into every game and you thought, yeah, you know, this they've won this game. Why am I even bothering watching it? So, but this season, like, I think Liverpool have, you know, their lack of centre-back cover. I mean, I know they've, had, they've yeah. been really unlucky with injuries this season, but 
they've any anyone can anyone can slip up at any point. You know, United proved that against Sheffield United, and um, you know Liverpool proved that in multiple games this season. I still think you know Everton is still up there. But I know that they're, yeah. they're really unrealistic, but to have the stamina to go all the season, but you know. It's just so wide open. I, I, if if you asked me to put you know twenty quid on who would win the title this season, I, I couldn't do it because there's about four realistic title contenders. You know, which is your big four. You know, your Man Cities, your Man United, Liverpool, and I think yeah. Tottenham are still kind of half. Well, I, as well. I definitely think for sure if you were to ask Greeny, he'd tell you every other week it was a different team, and that's probably because of the shirt that he was wearing at yeah. the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> with West Ham, Greeny, are you? <laughs> surprised mm. that they're currently sitting in, in that Europa League spot or do you think that it's been slowly coming or that it is just the fact that Moyes has managed to pick that team up and create an ethos at that side that they haven't seen for a long time? Um, West Ham one of these sides, mate. They have a turn up on mm. the dough, you know. I mean, last season they were lucky to stay up. Um, Moisey were getting stick again off of the fans when he come in again and and then you look at this season but you think West Ham you're playing really well but then you got to think is that because the Premier League's that tight mate and every team's dropping points and there's not really a standout team in yeah. the Prem this year so it's like it's wide open so yeah Moisey's doing a great job don't get me wrong he, he's doing an Everton with West Ham it'd be nice if he can get West Ham into Europa League well, I, um, I can't agree with again, that I know what you mean in depth <laughs> yeah, have they, have they got enough in depth though I mean yeah. I don't think they have I mean a 3-1 lost earlier uh, like we said earlier tonight against Liverpool you probably expect that to be fair but can they stay there and maintain it I really don't know mate because like I say it's up and down uh, Premier League this well, year I'll, so I'll put a little test to the pair of you so we've got West Ham in 5th on mm. 35 points Spurs, Chelsea and Everton in 6th, 7th and 8th respectively on 33 points. Villa in 9th on 32 and Arsenal in 10th on 31. Out, out of those, who are you two picking for the Europa League spot? That's a good question. Um, for me, Arsenal. Why? I know you're a bit of an Arsenal fan and I'm expecting to see an Arsenal shirt turn up on our next Facebook Live. Why do you think Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel, mate, Arteta, or slating Arteta, yeah, yeah. you're well aware of it, Jack, on the last few pods. And I was saying sat the geezer. Um, but no, mate, he's literally turned it around. He's, he's, you know, he's got his players come back. They're playing good football. They look really dangerous against United. They were writing them off yesterday. And, and they were the better side, I thought, against Man United. And uh, with a couple more additions, mate, Arteta will get these playing well. I think they'll sneak in that. Steve, what about you? Have you are you sort of agreeing with what Greeny's saying, or have you got a dark horse? In there? <laughs> I think not a dark horse, but I think that I think personally that Man City, Man United, Leicester, and Spurs yeah. will get your Champions League spots, and I think Liverpool will drop out in the Europa League. It's a, big, it's a controversial. It's his first one, but... bringing the controversy. I, I, I love it. <laughs> I know, I know. So I, I, I just feel like the without your Van Dykes and without your yeah. your Fabinho's and stuff like that, and if he doesn't get a centre back before this window shuts uh, tomorrow, I believe, which yeah. is 
he needs to get a move on. Um, I think they can be in danger this 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 second half of the season. Okay, well there we go. So if if you want to disagree with anything that our panelists have said this evening, mainly Greeny, but occasionally maybe Steve with Liverpool fans. <laughs> digging out their chances <laughs> of getting a title or a Champions League spot, um, you can email us at time 2020 at gmail.com. Um, moving on now to Chelsea. Uh, Thomas uh, Tuchel, Tuchel I'm, I'm learning German, so I should be able to pronounce that at some point. Um, he got his first win for Chelsea this, this weekend, Greeny. It's a completely different, yeah. well, I say it's a completely different side. It's a very different looking side to the one that played um, against Wolves in midweek. Is that a case that he's trying to sort mm. of figure out what his starting eleven is going to be? Or is it a case that because of the fixture list and how busy they are, that they need to see a bit more rotation than what Lampard was doing before that? Yeah, yeah, mate, I think... Um... You've, you've got hit it on the head there. I think it's a bit of both, to be honest, mate. Um, a load of games boiling up with, like you say, your mm. Champions League, your Europa Leagues, whatever they're in, plus the games in out, the games yeah. coming in thick and fast. Um, I think I think today's team looked a lot better. Than his is that because you're say, Wolves, is that because Marcus um, Alonso scored and you think he's the best left back in the Premier League? That is correct, actually. I was, about to, <laughs> yeah. I was just about to touch on that. I mean, the, the best thing he done was dropping Chilwell, putting Alonso in. Alonso scored and had a worldly of a game. And I've seen on Chelsea uh, fan TVs and stuff, you know, that he was the best player in the Chelsea shirt today. So, I mean, can you drop Alonso now for Chilwell? Mm. Or would he stick with Alonso now? What more can Alonso do to cement yeah. his spot over Chilwell? Um, but I think Tuchel, mate, he'll play by the way they're playing. I don't think he'll do the same as Lampard by going off, yeah, I'll play the English boys and look Billy Big Bollocks because I'm playing all the English lads. It doesn't it work like that. Um, and it proves that, mate, Rudiger never really got a game under the prank. And then he's come back in. And I don't think he's even dropped him out of the game yet, Tuchel, from the first two. So uh, What have you made of it, Steve, since um, he's come in? Oh. I was very surprised at yeah. the at the appointment because he's he's a big name Tuchel. You know, he's made a real big name for himself, especially when he was at PSG. Um, so I feel like in the summer it will be very important because I reckon he has the name that will be able to pull a lot of big yeah. players if he gets the backing from Abramovich. In terms of what he's done so far, I think two games in, it's very difficult to tell, you know, how he's going to play with this Chelsea team and, you know, what sort of, um, you know, DNA he's going to put onto this this team. Um, I've, I was very interested in the team selection, you know. Yeah, have to disagree with Please disagree away. On the Marcus Alonso front. On the Marcus Alonso front, I mean, the past couple of seasons, Alonso has been absolutely slated you know, by Chelsea fans. Obviously, I'm not a Chelsea fan myself, so I don't know and I don't watch enough of Alonso to make my own opinion. But from what I've seen from Chelsea fans' opinion is that, you know, he's a bit, you know, accident prone. Um, and, you know, every so often he will have that, that really good game. I know when he first joined Chelsea, he was quite good, but I feel like over time he got worse, which is why they ended up recruiting Chilwell because they feel like that was a spot that he, they needed to uh, to strengthen in. Um, in terms of Chilwell. Being a, being a bad player, nah, I, I think Chilwell is, he's not one of the best left-backs in the league, but he is still 
quality um, in his delivery and defensively, no. But Shit. you look at players. You look at players like Trent and Alec, um, and Andy Robertson, and you think uh, defensively, like Trent is awful, mm. but he's still considered one of the best right backs in the league. Um, and you know, going attacking wise, which is, I feel like in the Premier League, attacking fullbacks has become a bit more prominent as the years go on. Um, in modern football, so uh, I, 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 when it, when I saw the team sheet and I saw that Alonso got started ahead of Chilwell, I was very I was very surprised. But you know, obviously, he proved the doubt was wrong today, and. And yeah, but so it'll be interesting to see what he does, you know, if he's more favourable to the Germans, like you said, with Rudiger and Werner getting a start today as well. Um, so yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what he does. Greeny, coming to you, um, Werner's now made it a poor record of sort of 12 games without a goal. Is that a case that he's, yeah. I don't know, getting used to the, the league and how it works? Or is it a case that he hasn't got any confidence? Or. Is there something outside of that that isn't getting him the goals that he probably should be getting, especially after what we've seen him do at Leipzig over the last sort of couple of years? Well, I mean, Frank didn't seem to give him a great amount of game time, when, even when Werner were fit. Um, you know, and, and, and the Premier League is totally different to the Bundesliga or La Liga. And it's one of the one of the best, I'll say the best um, league in the world, the Premier League. So it's going to take him a while to settle in. I mean, with Tuchel, we'll probably bring him on as a better player more than Frank, in my opinion. Um, but likes can be said, mate, against Havertz. I mean, I, I think Havertz has been a disappointment as well uh, since coming across. So maybe next season you probably see the more potential from Werner's and the Havertz, mate. But at the moment... As I used to do with me, flop or not. It's definitely do you not flop, think, mate. though, with uh, uh, Tuchel in, in charge, that that may change? Um, you know, it, it brings in more of the German contingent that he probably would have worked with or known of in his time at, at Dortmund. Yeah, I think I think you might, mate. I think uh, you'll see a lot more signings coming from the German sides, um, and maybe. Going back to when he was at PSG, he'll probably bring some over from PSG. I mean, Thiago Silva he worked yeah. with, if I'm right, when he was there. So, who knows, mate? But I, I, I feel he'll change that team and he'll shuffle it quite a bit compared to what we've seen with Frank. Will we see the likes of the youngsters playing more with Mount or Gilmore, James? I don't know. I don't know if they will get as much game time as what Frank gave um, Just a, a, a quick word from you, Steve, on, on Burnley. Can you see them going down this year or do you think that Deitch has, has got enough in the tank to sort of keep them up this year? No. The, the thing is with Burnley is they're always... They're just always there, aren't they? They, I don't think they, they will go down unless they have a season as bad as, you know, like your Sheffield United this season because... I feel like while Burnley will never have enough to... Because I remember when they had that one season when they got into Europa League qualifying, they're always just a mid-table team. Yeah, kind yeah. of like your Stoke of old, you know. Um, this season, I don't I don't see them going down. I, I still think that the three that will be going down will be uh, Sheffield United, West Brom and Fulham. Um, I, 
Newcastle are there and thereabouts unless they I mean I know they got a win this weekend but before that they've been absolutely dreadful um so no I don't think Burnley will get relegated I think they'll be fine depends how they get on um in the summer and in their recruitment and then moving on to next season so but no well, this season um, I think I'm glad you've tied in Newcastle there because I'm going to move on to uh, yesterday's games and we're going to start with Toonami um Greeny they they got a surprising win away at Everton yesterday. Is that a massive sigh of relief, do you think, for, for Newcastle fans with the way they've been going? Especially as they changed the style of play as well. Do you yeah. think Bruce had to do that? Yeah, mate, it's a massive weight off Bruce's shoulders, isn't it? Because the fans were calling yeah. for him for the chop. That's just saved them again. Um, it, mate, it's a massive result over Everton. I've never seen it coming. Like I said, they... They played well against Leicester for 45 minutes mm. and they looked quite a good outfit. And I thought Newcastle won't be able to keep keep up with this Everton side. But it proved me wrong. He's changed a bit of his shape, which looks good. I mean, I said to Jack on the upper pod when you weren't on, I said they need to bring that St Maximum back in. who um, has got the legs and he drives the team forward, which no other player in that team seemed yeah. to do when he was out injured. You know, once he drives, Callum Wilson seems to score goals. Um, yeah. and, he, and he done it again. And he scored against Everton. So, I, I think... I, I wouldn't say Bruce Bruce is safe in his job by all means. I mean, if he loses a game next next game, the fans will be calling for his head again. So, I think Newcastle are in a bit of trouble. But they have been for a while, mate. While this takeover's on, then it's off, then it's on, then it's off. So, Bruce has done a good job. And, and I don't think he's done a bad job because he hasn't done any worse. Yeah, than well, I, we discussed that last week, didn't we? That at the time, I think... Bruce has actually got more points this year than Rafa did after his first 19 games last season, or his last season. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, Steve, what do you make of Callum Wilson signing for Newcastle this year? Do you think that's been a, an improvement over what they've had? I think it was a really good signing, um, personally, because the way that Wilson played for, for Bournemouth last season, I thought was, was, was fantastic. Um, I think he is a Premier League player. He's too good for the championship. Um, so when they got relegated, it was only right that he did stay in the Premier League. Um, who was going to get him? Obviously, Newcastle were the most attractive team for him. Um, he, he He's really good going forward. He's a, he's a proven goal scorer in the Premier League. Um I think touching on what Green he said about you know like you you sat Maximans as well. Um, I, f- I feel like when they went through this stage of bad form, Newcastle they went to this uh, little and large partnership up top with Joel Linton and and Wilson, yeah. which didn't really work out well for them. I think Joel Linton scored uh, two or three Premier League goals in like sixty games uh, across the two seasons he's been there. Um, uh, they really missed that Maximum when he was out with COVID and now that he's back, I reckon they'll start to find some form again. Um, so, so yeah, but yeah, Wilson was a fantastic signing. What, what do you make of Callum Wilson, Greeny? <laughs> I know you're going to come and ask me this. <laughs> uh, in my eyes, bang average, he's, just a, he's a poor Troy Deeney to me. Um, I, I know we had a first take of the, our pod earlier tonight and uh, you said this as well but I'm going to say my point again he's got 50 plus goals in the Premier League would you call that as bang average? Mate, the way I look at it he scored 50 goals and I won't tell that away from him which is it's good in itself don't get me wrong the Premier League has got a lot tougher 
season after season in my eyes. And and if he was that prolific, mate, why did not a big club come sniffing? Why did Chelsea not come sniffing? Why did Man City not come sniffing? He's gone to a, a bang average middle table side of mm. Newcastle, you know. And I, I just I, I just don't rate the guy, mate. Like I said, he's a he's a he's a uh, piss poor Troy Deeney in my eyes. I'd take Troy <laughs> over over Callum Wilson. That's all he's doing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to. I've known Greeny long enough to know. Um, we'll move on to we'll, we'll move right, on to Everton, point, um, Ancelotti uh, labelled the display yesterday as lazy and slow. Are they losing a bit of their impetus from what they had at the start of the season? Because obviously I know on, on the pod, Greeny, you and I discussed it at length. I think uh, we, we did with Jack as well, that Everton could sort of upset the apple cart at the early part of the season. But then obviously they had a few key injuries and they've just sort of slipped a bit. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, mate, you're right. They have slipped. And uh, like we said on the pod, when, when we first got going, mate, in the new season, we said Everton were up there, lads, the top yeah. of the league, and they don't look like they're going to get budged. They just slowly took the foot off the gas, mate. And uh, they've mm. gone backwards in the last few games. And Ancel- I, d- I just I don't like Ancelotti's tactics, mate. I mean, I watched it against Leicester. You see, he scores a goal, and then he's parking five centre halves on, and you think, surely you're not just going to sit back on a one nil win, well, a one nil lead when you've got the players in your squad to attack teams. You know, with the Richarlison's, you Rodriguez's. You think, why are you sitting back? And we broke them down, and I'm sure they've done the same against Newcastle, mate, where they tried parking it for a bit. It's just the wrong tactics. You know, they're not going to progress, mate. If you're playing that sort of football, well, what do you make of Everton's attack? Um, I think that they did. Well, Ancelotti, when he first came in, his job was to just steady the ship and then get his get his summer recruitment out of the way and then see where the season, the start of this season, would go. I think he did very well in the summer in bringing in the likes of Hamez and Alan. Um, and you know Decore from Watford. I think I've always I've always rated Decore. Um, I think he's a fantastic defensive midfielder, um, especially uh, Ben Godfrey as well. He's another great uh, piece of recruitment from Norwich. Um, so I think they had a really good start to the season. Uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin had a great start in in form, uh, but it's just kind of tailed off a little bit. You know, injury problems, and uh, I think a bit of fixture congestion as well. On top of that. And it just shows that they, I don't think they have the stamina yet to keep up with the big boys. Um, but again, they, they could be potential dark horses for that Europa League spot as well. I feel like Ancelotti, his goal would be to try and at least challenge for European football next season. Um, but yeah, you know, he's had a, he's had a fun, I think he had a, a better start. I think if Everton, if you told Everton fans, you know, you'd be in the mix, I think in the top six, or top seven, wherever they are now, um, at the start of the season, I think they would have taken your hand off. Um, but yeah, I think I think they just need to um, just try and find that form again. You know, try and uh, like with Calvert Lewin and Tamez and stuff, and make it click. And okay. yeah, they can only go from there. I can see that manager getting the boot. You could see Ancelotti getting season. sacked. You think? An- Sorry, Steve, I've had to step in there. <laughs> Because of the well, yeah, he's, he's doing it, Jacko. He's doing it. <laughs> no, I just feel, I just feel, he hasn't, he hasn't really progressed that side 
at the end of the day. I mean, there's t- there's Mar- Roberto Martinez, Moisey, um, Kuman. They've all got Everton into this eighth spot, you know. And I mean, if if Ancelotti finishes in eighth, in my eyes, that's a poor season for the amount of recruitment he's made, and he hasn't got anywhere. It's not an achievement finishing eighth if you've already had that finishing eighth. But do you with, not with feel lots of good team? Do you not feel that with the work that he's had to do, it's not going to be an instant success? It's going to take a bit of time. Possibly, but possibly, and I get you. I get truly get your point. But some some clubs, mate, don't like time. I mean, look at Lampard. He didn't get time, and people said if you give him time, he could have turned it around. Man United have gave time to Ollie yeah. because people were calling for his job. So I, I think it depends on what what the actual club want, how long they want to do it, and do they want it turned around in a season or do they want it turned around in five seasons? But it, all my opinion was it's. There's no progression there, mate. If they finish eighth, there's no progression from any of the other Everton managers. You know, if they finish tenth, that's a poor season, mate. Because like again, Cumin, Martinez, you, you know, yeah. your Moises, they've all finished above tenth before. So I just feel he might be a bit. <laughs> put a bet on that one, well, mate. Next manager. I'm going to gonna hopefully turn to you, Steve, <laughs> for a bit of sanity. Well, do you feel Ancelotti's the yeah. next manager to be sacked? Or do you feel that Everton are going to give oh. him a bit more time to get things sorted out? And if maybe he has another summer where he brings in a bit of talent and they start poorly, like they have been known to do, then, yeah, his job is on the line. I will put my house on it that he is not the next manager to get sacked. Uh, I think the, <laughs> the next manager to get sacked, I mean, at the start of the season... Um, I make my pre-season predictions and my first okay. manager to get the sack was Parker. It ended up being, uh, uh, I think it ended up being Jukanovic in the end. Uh, not, uh, not Jukanovic. Um, yeah, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. West Brom manager. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I don't, I don't think, <laughs> he's definitely not Ancelotti's next to Burson to get sacked. But, um, but no, I think if, he's not, he's not done any business in this window. Um, unless he surprises us tomorrow, I don't think he'll uh, he'll he'll obviously do business in the summer. Um, and then depending on how they start that season, next season, if he doesn't get even cl- if he doesn't get close to European football next season, and then drops even further away next season, then yes, I can see it being in danger, but not 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 for at least another six months. Okay. So we're going to quickly maybe. wrap up the uh, the rest of the Premier League fixtures. Um, I was contemplating talking about the Villa Southampton game. I don't really want to. Otherwise, I'm going to start a segment called Jacko's VAR Corner and I'll just be talking about it for the rest of the season. <laughs> so, um, we'll go with the rest of the games from Saturday. Crystal Palace uh, beat Wolverhampton Wanderers 1-0. Manchester City beat Sheffield United 1-0. West Brom and Fulham drew 2-1, which I don't think helps either team. Um, Arsenal and Manchester United drew 0-0. And uh, Southampton lost to Aston Villa 1-0. Unfortunately for you, Steve, we're going to go jump back to the Championship. Um, we're going to go through some of the fixtures. Oh, great. Um, I will start at the Brentford Community Stadium. Um, we'll, we'll, get it, oh, we'll get it out of the way, mate. It'll be taking it off like the bandage. That's all it is. Um, as you said at the beginning, okay. you're not really surprised with the record that Wickham have against Brentford. Are you surprised at how well Brentford have done this year, bearing in mind that two of their sort of biggest attacking threats in Watkins and Baron Rama went to the Premier League this year? Or do you think that Frank has done well 
in in recruiting decent replacements with up to the likes of Ivan Tony this year. Yes, T- Thomas Frank is is, in my opinion, one of the best managers in the championship at the moment. He he has done he's recruited extremely well. He's taken the the, the League One top goal scorer last season. I mean, I remember when um, last season Peterborough said that if they'd have got promoted to the championship instead of us, that they would have whacked a twenty-five million pound prize tag on Ivan Tony. Now, I don't think Ivan Tony's twenty-five million pounds worth, but he is a very good striker. As much as I hate him, um, he he he's got a very good goal scoring record against us. So he's um, but yeah. So I think he's I think he's got a really good goal scoring record this season as well. Um, I think they've also done really well in. Other recruitment like in Christian uh, is it in Buemo? Uh, he's he's a fantastic winger. Um, you know they've recruited well at the back in in um, Pontus Janssen, um, uh, Rico Henry at left back. You know he's what he's, in my opinion one of the best left backs in the league. So they they've recruited very well, and I, I remember when I, I watched you guys um, with Natalie Soy the other night, like she said that. It's Brentford are a very good club at refilling what they yeah. get rid of, if that makes sense. You know, so yeah, I, I think he's recruited very well. And okay. yeah, so. um, Uche Ikpiatu is is a name that a few of us have heard. He seems to have started off quite well from coming into Wickham, hasn't he, Steve? Do you know what? I think. Right now, he is possibly one of my most yeah. favourite Wiccan players that has ever t- t- donned the shirt. Everything about him epitomises mm. what this club is. We we bought we bought him in from Hearts at the start of the season, and he he got a lot of stick from Hearts fans, you know, and a lot of them, you know, were making jokes yeah. saying that they'd offer to drive him down to to Wickham, etc. And we didn't know what we were going to get with him. And then we couldn't have him at the start of the season because he contracted COVID. So he missed the first, and he had an injury problem as well. So he missed the first three months of the season with us. And I genuinely believe, and a lot of Wiccan fans will agree with me on this, is that if he had started those first three months of the season with us, we'd be at least 10, 12 points better off than we are now. That's how much of an impact he brings to the team. He showed it. A lot of my friends watched us against Spurs on Monday night a game which he, again, performed so well in. He was bouncing off players like Jan Vertonghen. And he's, you know, he's only 25 and he's he's come in and he's been an understudy to, to Bayouac and Fenway, which obviously everyone knows so well. And he's kind of taken him under his wing and showed him mm. how to progress his game. And he's just, he's I've always said he's like an Akin Fenway, but he's six foot five and he's quicker and he's stronger. And yeah, so he's just... He's, he's fantastic. I'm so happy. And if he can stay fit for the rest of the season, he can honestly, you know, go on to get 10, 12 um, goals maybe. Greeny, for you, uh, Norwich drew 0-0 with Middlesbrough. Is that a surprise with where both teams are? Or do you feel that a point's a fair re- uh, reflection on that? No, I think, I think, I think a point's a fair reflection. Um, both teams are up there. So they're going to be both cagey, um, touching on Middlesbrough quickly. What a job Neil Warnock's done. And he's proven himself again, mate. Uh, every club he's been at, he's turned the club around. Um, I think that proves that from going off Cardiff, mate, to be honest. Since he's left, they haven't been great at all. Oh. Um, so I think it's a fair reflection. Uh, no, I'm just going to say slightly, yes. you know, 
Uh, I'm not trying to defend Neil Harris in, in any stretch of the imagination, but he did get them into the playoffs last year. I know he did <clears throat> this year. I, get that. I totally get that. He did, yeah. But obviously... Uh, was he there a full season, though, when he, when he took him in, mate? Um, part of Warnock he left Millwall in the October. I think Warnock left shortly after Harris left Millwall. And then I think two or three weeks later, Harris went over. So he had a good sort of six months... Yeah. yeah, so he had, he had a good spell there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've always rated Warnock. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want him at my club unless I was in the mm. championship and we wanted to get promoted. But he's no bigger than a championship manager. So I think Middlesbrough would be the dark horses in that in that competition this year. And I, oh, so you take Middlesbrough over Blackburn, your your previous dark horse championship there. <laughs> <laughs> Moving um, on, Jacko. What, what do you make of Middlesbrough, Steve? Because obviously they had a, a pretty poor year last year. He Warnock kept them up with a couple of class results at the end of last season. Do you do you think that they should be up there, or were you expecting sort of Middlesbrough to have a delayed reaction and, and sort of just have a mid-table year and then focus on it next? Yeah, I think it was going to be the latter. I think it was going to be a mid-table season. Maybe surprises with pushing for the playoffs. I don't quite know. I mean, um, before before the Spurs game, um, they played against us and they beat us 3-1. Um, mm. Very good from set pieces, like a true Neil Warnock team. Um, uh, they've got a fantastic right back in in Tavernier, which I believe is either the cousin or the brother of... Yeah. Of, ta- of the Tavernier that plays for Rangers up in Scotland. Um, uh, he's, he's got a very good squad um, uh, with him. You know, your Duncan Watmores as well. Um, so, it, I think I think it was, like you said, it was going to be the latter. I think it was going to be like a mid-table season, maybe push for the playoffs. But I think next season they could, if again, if he recruits well in the summer, he could be, you know, extremely, extremely... Um, extreme favourites. Um, Greeny, to, to your um, rejected dark horse favourites. Blackburn beat Luton this weekend. Another one of your dark horse favourites. Um, yeah. <laughs> obviously, Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, obviously, well, looking at the league table, there, there is now become a gap between Bournemouth in sixth and uh, Reading and Watford in fourth and fifth. Um, and obviously, Middlesbrough only two points behind, and Blackburn and Bristol City are only three points behind. Are you sort of, from that sort of picture, are you starting to see a, a segregated top 10 and that they're going to be starting to fight their own little mini leagues? Or do you think that the team has a good run in, say, the likes of Middlesbrough, the likes of Blackburn, maybe Bristol City if they can get a couple of results? Um, could you see them sort of charging into the playoffs uh, come this back end of the season? Well... Well, mate, I think Steve touched on it at the start of the pod, yeah. mate. Well, it's a very unpredictable and a very hard league. Um, so it could, it could swing any way. I mean, you always get one team near the end, what, pick up five or six wins on the spin and just get in the playoffs, you know. Um, yeah, there is more of a gap forming now from when we spoke about in the pods previously, mate. We're like, hold on a minute, there's only about yeah. four points separating from this to the bottom, you know. Um, it is wide open still. I mean, again, Millwall are on mm. 31 points. Yeah, but if you've Blackburn are only on 30. Yeah, but if you've seen Millwall play, you'll know, you know that that's no threat to Blackburn. Go on. And I, I'm saying that as a Millwall fan. <laughs> well, no. 
Possibly not, but I mean, just as point stretches, mate. Yeah. You know, it's not a lot really separating it. Um, but I mean, I want to see Luton do well because of my man. Yeah, he, Mr. he Lawar, does it every Lawar. week, Steve. He does it every week. <laughs> he knows. He knows how much I hate Luton as well. Yeah, <laughs> I've got time for Kazenga, so I want to see them in there. So he gets another shot to Prem. Blackburn loved the job. Um, Mowbray's done with them. I think it's an incredible job. Probably one of the best managers in the league. I say for what he's done. Um, can I see Blackburn going up? Yeah. I think they'll get playoffs. I think they'll get playoffs. I think they'll. Yeah, I think they'll play Reading wow. in the playoff oh, final. Well, okay, that's a big shout from you. Really is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, get, um, get I'm going to quickly flash over the uh, Mick McCarthy derby, or as uh, general people just call it, Cardiff versus Millwall and mid-table mediocrity shards. Um, your man scored again, uh, Mr. Green. Um, uh, to be yeah. fair, I, I don't know what yeah, you make a key for more, Steve, but the man scares me uh, whenever I see him in front of goal. Uh, not because Greedy <laughs> sits there and thinks he's better than Harry Kane, which he isn't, let's be honest. But uh, he, he did. He said that in one of the lives. He, he hasn't said, said that, that has he? More was better than Harry Kane. Um, oh. What do you think, key for more? All jokes aside, do you think he's an underrated striker for that for the championship? No, I think I think he's found his level in the championship. I think if you're going to talk about strikers in the championship at the minute that are possibly above that yeah. level, you're going to look at your Armstrongs at Blackburn. You're going to look at, um, you know, you, yeah. I know he's not striker, but Buendia I, at Norwich, I still think he's above the championship. Um, but no, when you look at players like Kiefer Moore, I think the top-end championship is po possibly the highest he could go. Maybe at a very, yeah. very stretch. So like a Chris Wood at Burnley type player. Um, but yeah. Yeah, kind of. I reckon he'd, you know, he'd get you know five to ten Premier League goals maybe in a season, which is still good. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I just... <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Better than Harry Kane. Yeah, I'll just quickly Greedy's talk about Mill. Um, it's been a very, very tough season. We've not looked great. I think Steve can attest to the fact that we, when we played Wickham in October, it was a very lucky result. We we didn't look great, um, but then we seem to have a really shit record against Wickham. Um, I hate that. I really do. Um, I'm I'm really happy. I'm really happy you've touched on that. Sorry. <laughs> Um, just quickly, I just wanted to ask you because obviously you, <laughs> you've get, you gifted. Firstly, you gifted us our. There was two big moments in that game that I've wanted to talk to a Millwall fan about. Um, firstly, the, first you gave us our first. <laughs> yeah, that was the first one. That was the first one that you gifted us our first, yeah. with Bialkowski in goal. You know, he, he obviously yeah. had a bet on Wickham on goals galore that day. And then the second, the second one I wanted to talk to you about, one that's frustrated me because we've yeah. been really unlucky with EFL refs, and I, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it as well. The, the foul on Bialkowski yeah. that, that obviously denied us that equaliser. I was it a foul? I watched it with it my old man, and we watched, like we watched it, and they showed the replays two or three times, and I, I genuinely don't know where he saw the foul. There was, I think, a, a review of it on the champ on mm. uh, EFL on Quest, 
I think Dean Ashton was commentating, he said he'd seen Casket sort of tug back at Bierkowski's shirt so that when he tried to reach back for the ball that was obviously curling into the goal, he couldn't get his the, the extension that he needed to sort of palm it out. Um, yeah, I, I, I will admit this, mm. that Wickham were unlucky not to get that equaliser. I don't think we deserve to win that game. I think our no. best moment was the Leonard goal, and that was it. Um, I think if you know Cooper has that free kick on the halfway yeah. line and it hits the bar, I, I think if that goes in, that's that's just a, a piss take. Personally, I don't think we've good enough for that result. Um, Bielkowski, yeah. I was very tentative about Bielkowski coming to Millwall because there was a lot of there was a lot of history with his apparent erratic behaviour at the back. And last season, last season, he genuinely right. was the best goalkeeper in the league. Uh, some of the games that I saw him in and some of the saves that he made were phenomenal and they wouldn't go out of place in the Premier League. They were brilliant saves, yeah. especially one against Luton. Uh, Collins had a volley from about seven yards out and he's connected with it and Bielkowski's got a strong hand to it and tipped it over. And you think in other occasions that's probably gone in. Um, but for whatever reason, he decided that he was going to gift Kashkut the goal. Unless Kashkut had turned around and said to Bielkowski, look, I'll give you a tenner if you can gift me the ball and I can put it in the back of the net. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I think I've played a couple of times with you in goal, Steve, on a Sunday. And I, I guarantee even you wouldn't have tried to step out with a a striker that far out, I guarantee <laughs> he would have just booted the ball upfield. So it, It's so strange because I, I remember when we first got promoted to the championship and I had countless dreams where, you know, what would our first championship goal be like? Yeah. You know, will it be some 30-yard screamer with fans in the stadium? And it was an empty stadium at Adams Park and it was just a, it, the scrappiest goal I've ever seen. We yeah, yeah, I, I won't say it was one of the best moments of the year, to be fair. We've not had a lot. But I definitely feel your pain with regards to <laughs> EFL referees this year. Um, we had a couple of shouts against Blackburn earlier in the season that we had three separate handball incidents that the referee didn't pick up and they were all blatant handballs. And that result would have been different had we been given one or maybe two of them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a frustrating time. Um it's interesting with sorry. It's interesting with EFL refs. I've, I'm part of a um, yeah. of a championship banter page on Facebook, and some of the decisions you see on there that weren't yeah. given. I think there was one at Middlesbrough. Um, I think it was last mid last midweek, last Tuesday, um, where a player yeah, you know, had a high challenge. Bill and yeah, it, yeah, it, it was a shocking. The challenge. studs went into his head, and 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 fans saying mm. that the because obviously I didn't watch the the game. Um, I've only saw this this penalty incident or this 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 foul, and apparently right. you know the ref didn't give a booking. He didn't give a foul, free kick in any at all, and you see this players dripping every blood. And I think I, I, every week I see these decisions and these videos on 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 Facebook, and I'm thinking, you know, how much longer are we going to go on with these refereeing standards? I think we've lost yeah. about nine points in refereeing decisions 
this season alone, you know. So, who's? Yeah. I never thought I'd, um, be, just, I'd be begging for League One refs back. But sorry, no. Just quickly you know, on, we, on, we had, on the officiating. On, sorry. I want to ask your opinion of this. Do you think VAR should be introduced into the championship? Or what? Well, what are your thoughts um, on VAR oh. in general with what you've seen of the football this year? <sighs> VAR is yeah. is like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. And it's 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 one of those things where I think Michael Oliver said this in an interview, a Premier League referee. He said that when VAR is in operation and you see like, you know, mm. someone's armpits offside or whatever and it's not given, you know, if you take that out of the game and then your team concedes a goal and it turns mm. out that his armpit yeah, would yeah. have rolled him out offside, you would have wished you had it. You know, it's mm. it's it's better the devil you know. So it's 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 very difficult to say that, yeah, take it out of the game, football was much more simpler before because then you'd have people screaming for it, you know, like I think the offside thing is a bit ludicrous. Um I think there needs to be I think there was I think it, I can't remember which country it was in where they have they they were mm. in a country though they're VAR. I think it might be the MLS. They have really thick lines so that it's like yeah. if they're offside by beyond reasonable doubt then they'll rule it out for offside but these tiny thin lines that they have and then <laughs> you've got John McGinn's backside playing who's who's not offside yeah. who's um who's you know the last line against um I think it was Danny Ings's armpit or whatever you know it's you, absolutely Greeny, I'll ask you this on the, on the case of that do you feel that if that they should look at the offside rule in a bit more um, interest with regards to VAR. That if the officials at Stockley Park are having to draw lines to determine whether or not Danny Ings got an armpit hair three inches too big than his shirt, and it's bigger than John McGinn's ass on the draw- line of the mm. drawing, do you not feel that they, if they're having to go to that point? that it's mm. benefit the doubt for the attacker and they should allow it to stand. Yeah, I think I think you've got to give the goal. Um, I mean, going on that, that decision, what you just on about yeah. there, I mean, they reckon if he didn't yeah. have his respect band on his arm, <laughs> he would have been onside because his, his respect band was lower, sort of gone from the respect band. Yeah. So, uh, what, what, I think it's that minimum. What do you mate, make of it, got to give the goal. I mean, would you, would you say not? I think similar to what you've just said. I, I think just similar to what you've just said to Greeny. I think if it's beyond if it's beyond reasonable doubt, I think the, the whole point VAR was brought in was to get rid of the decisions mm. where it's absolutely stonewall. I think when when you're bringing out these tiny little lines and you're saying like, oh, he's offside by like a millimeter or whatever, then. Because the whole point of the offside rule yeah. is so that the attacker doesn't gain an advantage on the defender. I think if you're that level that you're talking about millimetres or centimetres, I don't really think the attacker's getting that much of an advantage on yeah. the defender. If he's three or four yards ahead yeah. of, the defend- of the last defender, yes, he's clearly got an advantage. He's got a run on him, you know, whatever. But it has to be beyond reasonable doubt. Handballs, red cards and crazily offside. I think there was one where um, with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang last season against United when there were fans in the stadium and he or it might have been the first season that VAR was introduced where he was flagged offside mm. 
carried on, scored the goal. And it turns out he was about four yards onside. Now, those are the decisions that you need VAR for because the Lino flagged him, even though Bamiang was because apparently the yeah. Lino didn't see the player on the far side. So because he was about four yards on the side, if obviously if that was no VAR and he flagged offside and the goal wasn't given and matched it afterwards, yeah. they'd be screaming going, that is an absolutely awful decision. But when it's like centimetres and millimetres, I, I don't see the point in VAR. It's just ludicrous. I, th- I think it would be better like that, mate. T- check it out. Set VAR out and... Uh... Like you said, four yards onside and, he, and he's flagged offside. I think it's better like that. I think I don't. I don't think take it out completely. I think leave yeah. it in, but stop with this line drawing nonsense with centimeters and millimeters. If it takes any longer than thirty seconds, if you can't look at a screen straight away without lines and say he's offside, get rid of the lines. If you look at the screen, if someone shows you a photo in front of you on their phone and says is he offside. And in the first three seconds, you can tell that he's offside, then give it. But if you can't see and you have to start bringing out rulers and stuff, then no, play, give the benefit of the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. Yeah, no, That's why I'm opinion hey, on VAR. I know a lot of people that are listening will hear me moan about it every week, but I do enjoy getting other people's opinions on it just to see what they feel about it. Um, I'm, I am wary that we're, we're getting on a bit. I think Green's got a birthday party or something to to sort out for his lad. So we'll, we'll make it a quick a quick <laughs> little outro. And I want to get a quiz in because Steve's on today. So um, I'll just go quickly through the rest of the championship features. Um, Birmingham drew with Coventry one all um, in the St Andrews derby. Blackburn obviously beat Luton. Uh, derby beat Bristol City. Uh, Huddersfield beat Stoke. Forest drew with Barnsley nil nil. Rotherham beat Swansea. Uh, sorry, Swansea beat Rotherham 3-1. Sheffield Wednesday beat Preston 1-0. So, this is going to test your history, gentlemen. You've got nine chart. Well, there's 18 oh names on this list. And the question is, can you name every player to score 10-plus Premier League goals in the 2013-2014 season? So, I will give you each nine chances I will give you a team. Oh. Uh, yes, because there's two for Man United, two for Arsenal, a couple for Liverpool. Yep. You are in competition with Green. Uh, am, yes. am, am I in competition with Green? You're, you're going to hope to beat him now, aren't you? Fantastic. So you can just I'm beat him. him. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's start with the co host, Mr. Green. You've got choices from Liverpool. Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Swansea, Mm -hmm. Everton, Mm -hmm. Chelsea, Newcastle, Tottenham and Villa. Mm -hmm. And Southampton, sorry, yeah. So you've got nine chances. Can you give me a name? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll go with then... Oh, Jesus, already. Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard, Chelsea. It will actually... No, it's not giving me that. Mm. Let me just try... Yeah, no, Frank Lampard isn't on mm. that list. Because I've just typed in one of them that did get the goals in the... Over 10 goals and his wow. name came up. So, yeah, so Lampard is not on the list. So... 
Steve, your chance to go 1-0 up. Can you give me a player to score 10 plus Premier League goals from the 2013-2014 season? I'm going to start off with Van Van Persie. Persie. Yes, he did. He scored 12 for Manchester United in that season. Um, So, 1-0, Steve. Greedy, your go. Your choices are... Yes, correct. Luis Suarez with 31 goals. Oddly (laughs) enough, he was the player that I typed in to make sure that the quiz was working. Um, So... Greedy's had two goes, <laughs> and you've got one. Steve, your second go. Um, Olivier Giroud. Yes, well done. He got 16 for Arsenal that season. So it's 2-1 to Steve with two goes each. No, it wasn't. Ooh, uh, <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> No, we haven't had them. We've had three of them, and Steve's got two. Are we had a Man City player yet. All right, I'll have. Um, yes, Sergio you did. You got seventeen for Manchester City that season. We'll go, Steve. I'm going to go down the Man City route as well, then, and I'm going to go Edin Dzeko. Yes, he did. He got sixteen as well, along with Giroud. So that's. Uh, 3 2, yeah. I, I think I, I'm going to say, I think I might, I might start the Man City uh, thing and go, yeah, yeah, Torre. Torre. Yes, he did. He got 20 that season. Green, he's 3 2 up. He's had four. Steve, your next go. Oh, no, sorry, I'm going to go. With... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, you shouldn't be winning. <laughs> I'm going to go, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go back down the Chelsea and take a risky one. I'm going to go with Diego Costa. I can't remember when he joined. Oh, good show. Nope, Diego Costa is not one. So it is three all after Ooh. four each. <laughs> well done, Steve. <laughs> I, I'm going to go down the United route, and this is for yes, you. Yes, he did. He got Wayne seventeen. Rooney. Four, four, three to Greeny. With Greeny's got five. Got... <laughs> yes. Right. What, so what, we've got what teams are still on the Liverpool. list? We've got one for Swansea. We've got mm-hmm. one for Everton. Two for Southampton. Um, we've got one for Chelsea. One for Newcastle. One for Spurs, one for Villa, one for us. Oh. 2013-14. I am going to say... Oh. Gerard. Yes, he did. He got 13. Four all after five. Oh, I would have said that. Yeah, of course you will. Oh, <laughs> um, Whoever gets the Swansea one, outright wins. I'm putting that in there now. Whoever gets the Swansea one, outright wins. Oh, that was going to be that was going to be my last guess, but I think oh. I'm... I'm just going to go with Swansea. But I'm trying to work out if this player. I've was got there two names in moved. mind for Swansea. But I'm, I'm going to have a punt. 
I'm going to go for... Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, Grady, Grady won. <laughs> I'll, I'll, be honest, I'll be honest, I had meat chew in my head. <laughs> Get in there. Mm. Mine um, was Bonnie or Sigurdsson. The Southampton one, I've got a feeling, would have been either... I would say Ricky Lambert or that Burnley strong. No, I think it was... Is it Jay... Jason. No, I think this is Jay Rodriguez. Was Lambert. Okay, we'll call we'll... was Lambert. Go on, Steve, have a guess. I think I was gonna go with the Southampton one. I, I thought it was gonna be oh, that Pella. went to China. What was his name? The Italian one. No, it's not. Okay, yeah, so we'll go through the rest of the list. Um because he's won it. Uh so for Liverpool, uh Daniel Sturridge was the other goal scorer. He got twenty one. For Everton, it was Romelu Lukaku. Mm. For Southampton, it was Jay Rodriguez. Jay Rodriguez got 50 goals. So that was the other one for yeah. uh, Marini. Chelsea. Yeah. Eden Hazard scored 14 goals that season. Lovick Remy for Newcastle. Of course. Emmanuel Adebayor got 10 oh, for Spurs. Christian Benteke and Aaron Ramsey rounded out the others. They both got each. So there we go. Um, wow. It's mm. the first one of the year. So Greeny stayed and unbeaten. Thank you very much. Oh. I can't believe it. I think I beat... I We're think starting I beat, again. Um, it's the new year, mate. I beat Mr. Godfrey last time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm still unbeaten. Um, so, Mr. Well, Godfrey, if you're listening, now that that's all been done, dusted, I would just like to say thank you very much to the pair of you. <laughs> it's been an enjoyable conversation, as always. Thank you for Steve for bringing on a decent bit of chat about a championship side that, unfortunately, outside of Wickham, no one really cares about. Uh, <laughs> as ever, you can <laughs> contact us uh, by email. It's after extra time 2020 at gmail.com. Just send me a message saying hi. It's all I want. Um, join us on Facebook. We we do our lives. We had a successful one with Natalie Sawyer <laughs> last week. Thank you, Natalie, for that. Um, Greeny will occasionally. Yeah, yeah, okay. That I wasn't trying to aim for that. Two thousand okay. views. Um, Thank you very much. We'll Jacob. also have a bit of communication on you from Facebook about <laughs> controversial posts because Greeny loves controversy because <laughs> he's Jason Kundi in disguise. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at AJ Milwallius. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter uh, for our page uh, at After Extra Time. Brini, are you on Twitter outside of that? Okay. Right, that's I'm not mate. what I expected yeah, from you, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and that's it. So, yes, yeah, so thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah. And, it, and um, just a quick one way before you go. If you do want to contact Steve the Wicked fan, his Twitter <laughs> is. I, I was going to say, he's certainly going to get a load of abuse for, um, for that, for the Liverpool <laughs> comments. Well, I've just seen a note come up. Liverpool are targeting a late for January for the deal Liverpool for comments, yeah. back Ben Davies. Which is... Ben Davies, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. yeah, and there's another one that's just come up what's quite intriguing for um, Leicester on the top. I thought you were about to say Kiefer Moore. Um, Jekko, um, I'm from Roma. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> right then. 
I'll take him within a snatch yeah. of an instant, okay. mate. We're going to go now before I start lobbing things in my bearing, laptop. Bearing Kane. He's <laughs> <sighs> more prolific in we his so international close. career. We were so close. Right, thank I'm you all for listening. Leave it on that. Goodbye. <laughs> Podcast Network.